Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey girls, welcome back to my podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode about God and I really just want to get into it. So the first thing, only little spiel I'm going to say is go watch my recent YouTube video. It's the first link in my description. If you need, just pause this video and then go watch my YouTube video and then come back. It's the cutest YouTube video about my December in Portugal exploring London, not London, Lisbon and Algarve. Algarve, that's the region that we were in. And yeah, so go watch my recent YouTube video. I'm also dropping a YouTube video in a week. So go subscribe to my channel so you can see that video when it drops. So, okay, so let's talk about God. Let's talk about God in a very accessible way. And I really like to talk about God in a really very non-denominational way because when I was starting my journey with my spirituality, with God, I was really put off by anyone talking about God in any sort of context of religion because I'm not a huge fan of any organized religions and growing up I was raised Christian and I do not like the way that the Christian church as a whole moves or interacts I think that Christianity is very 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 far removed the way that it's practiced in general now it's very far removed from Christ and what Christ actually taught and so yeah and that is not to say that a Christian could not actually be very much like Christ and actually be embodying genuine Christianity they absolutely could but Christianity as a whole I believe has gotten really lost in control and an institution and it really has very little to do with God or or Jesus even in general and it has more to do with like control and rules and yeah that's really that's really it so I think that honestly most religions most large religions are similar I can't really speak for others but from what I've seen I do believe that they're quite similar and it's more about kind of shame and control and telling people you know that 
they're wrong if they don't do this or they're bad if they do that and a lot of times the religions are very homophobic you know they are very misogynistic they have all these different biases towards other people which is very unlike the actual individuals and the avatars that these religions were based off of right like Jesus would not be homophobic or transphobic or misogynistic at all right like that's like the opposite of what Jesus was and what Jesus stood for but the religion unfortunately that kind of was contort that has contorted what Jesus actually stood for and who he actually was the religion is very separate from what Jesus actually taught and who Jesus actually was and same with the followers a lot of times you know they're very different than um than the actual teachings of Christ and so these are my opinions and again like I said you can absolutely be a part of a certain religion and be very very embodied and be very 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 much like the original avatar that that religion was based off of but I'm saying that the religion as a whole the way that the institutions have formed you know of course Christianity like had all of these witch hunts and they murdered thousands and thousands of people in the name of Christ like obviously that's not Christ-like right to murder all these people that don't agree with them obviously that is has gotten lost obviously these people are working in the opposition of Christ right so um, I think that those I mean it's just obvious right like if you're murdering people in the name of Christ and you're, the church is doing that I think you know there's a problem there right so that is how I feel and those are my opinions and again just want to reinforce that you can be religious and be very deeply embodied but the religion as a whole I believe um, most real big organized religions are not um in alignment with God any longer and so as a child right so as a child I recognized this around the age of like 10 or 11 and I didn't want to be a part of it so I've talked about this before so I'm not going to talk about it too much but I basically rejected Christianity at a really young age and again I wasn't rejecting Christ I wasn't rejecting Jesus I was rejecting Christianity which I believe are very different and so as an as a young teen as an adolescent I then was kind of just like wandering right like I didn't really know what is you know what what is God where is God like what am I supposed to do now right like I don't like Christianity I like Jesus but I don't like Christianity and I'm you know not called to any of these other large religions and you know what do what is God what is what does that mean for me and for a while I was just agnostic right and once I turned, I think around 18, I, you know, went through a lot of pain in this one period of my life and it really brought me to my knees. And as it often goes, when you're at your lowest, you find God, right? And so at that point, I was not open to calling God God there was trauma there like there was real trauma and I was very uncomfortable calling this thing that I was now very connected to suddenly God and so in the beginning I was calling it the universe I was calling it you know consciousness everything like you know this energy that's all around me right and I was just kind of uh, calling it these other things and if that's the stage you're at that's totally totally fine and I want that to be stated really early because that was part of my journey too and I know that if I was 
pressured to say God or to use the word God, I would have been turned off completely, right? So I felt really safe to explore what God meant for me because I wasn't being told that anything that I was saying or thinking was wrong, you know? So in the very beginning, I basically went through this spiritual awakening as one does and I immediately felt very connected to God and I remember I was writing a lot of poetry at the time and I was just crying and I was like super in bliss all of the time and I felt like I was being gifted this connection with God that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to experience because I didn't really do anything to you know receive that level of connection to God it just all of the sudden was all around me and it felt like all of the sudden God was all-consuming and I was in bliss I was happy I was just in joy all of the time and when I came out of that like six-month period I found myself kind of coming down from that high I never did any drugs or anything but coming down from that high I was actually celibate and sober and um, and vegan and whatnot and that was before my two years of celibacy I just happened to be celibate for those six months that I had my spiritual awakening so so yeah I started coming off of that high And when I came off of that high, I had tasted or experienced God in a very raw form, but I did not really know what to do with that and I didn't know how to move forward. And so that created this kind of void in me because I now craved and yearned to be with God very deeply, but I didn't know what to do or how to engage with that. Or I, it felt like nothing I could do was bringing me to God. I felt very far away from God. And I had a lot of mentors at the time and I was, you know, consuming only very God central centered um, music and that was really helping me but I did have this multiple year period where I felt I was just yearning and I was just searching and I was never satiated I just was wanting God and there was this like sadness and this grief because I felt I'm not I don't know what to do like I and I feel that there's a lot of people who are in that space which is why I'm making this podcast because I feel there's a lot of people who are in that space of like I yearn for God but I don't know how to connect I don't know what to do I don't know how to take the next step right and so for me once I started to do trauma-informed work, once I started to do like real therapy and I went celibate for two years and, and whatnot, that's when I started kind of picking up in my journey again. So that's because I was no longer putting myself in these harmful situations where it was hard to feel into God's love and bliss and happiness because the choices I was making with my free will were putting me in situations where I was unhappy and sad and of course you can connect with God really deeply in your grief but I wanted to be happy I wanted to be even I wanted to be centered and I wanted to connect with God and I wanted to feel that bliss again and I would definitely recommend not wanting if you have had an experience with God to not want to like to not want to recreate any experience you've had. So for example, like if you 
had some sort of meditation where you went really, really deep or you had some sort of experience where you had this like euphoric experience with God. And if you've never had that, it's totally fine as well. Um, But if you have, a lot of times people come out of that and they're like, oh my God, I want to recreate that. Like I need to get to that again. And that causes a lot of suffering and a lot of harm because God is so (laughs) magnificent and so like just just everything that it's hard to you can't recreate any moment it's like if you want if you have sex and you really liked what happened and then you try to do that exact have that exact experience like you want your man to touch you in that exact way and you want to feel the same exact thing and you do the same positions but you feel differently the next time and that's okay so a lot of times in your journey with God and my journey with God It's been about accepting where I've been at with God and that has brought me so much peace and connection. When I was trying to be somewhere else other than where I was, when I was trying to get to some sort of bliss or get to some sort of experience that I thought I needed to have to be in connection with God, I was suffering because I was attached to these ideas that I needed to have this to be with God. And it was when I could feel nothing, right? Like be in a meditation and feel jumbled and nothing and still praise that experience in that moment, like after praising that and saying, okay, I just connected with God. Like I feel good. I'm okay with that experience. I'm okay that I was jumbled. Like next time I'll, you know, uh, go a little deeper or I'll do this next time or I'll prepare in this way, but I'm okay with what that just happened. Like I, just connected with God, whether that looked really messy, really imperfect, I just connected with God and that was my authentic experience and I'm okay with that. And so when I stopped trying to recreate what I had experienced, that became really powerful for me and allowed me to go actually deeper than I'd ever experienced before when I was not trying to create. It's kind of like that meme when like, God, you have this like little teddy bear and God has a way bigger one behind you. You know, if you're still trying to recreate this little teddy bear, it's very hard to get to that big teddy bear, right? So when I was okay with just whatever I was experiencing, that became a conduit to deeper connection. And so, but one of my biggest hindrances was I felt aimless, right? Like I felt like, okay, I want to connect with God and I know how to like meditate in a basic sense and I know how to pray in a basic sense, but the yearning that my heart has and holds is not satiated by you know, me just praying this one time or, you know, me looking at this spiritual content, like I'm just not being met in the space that I want to go. And my yearning was deeper than what I was actually feeding myself, right? And for a while, I felt really aimless. And that was a really hard point in my spiritual journey. And feeling like, what is the next step? Like, where is the teacher? Where is the guru? Who am I supposed to follow? What am I supposed to do? Like, what is the next? What am I doing? Like, where am I going? I need to be led somewhere. I need to have, I need to get to God. And who am I, where am I looking, right? There's like so many spiritual teachers. There's so many different, you know, ways of getting to God. Every religion at its core 
is a different way of getting to God, right? Like every, there's a million, as many different people, I've heard this quote before, as many different people as there are on the earth, there's that many different pathways to God. So there's like so many different pathways to God. And I felt like I was just standing there, which is actually like a, um, it's a, it's a term that was coined for something separate, but it's similar called the omnivores dilemma, where when you eat everything, you feel really flustered. Like when you're in the grocery store or something, you just feel like, oh my God, there's so many options and I don't know what to do. And you don't end up making like the healthy informed decision because there's just so much and you're overwhelmed by the amount of choices you have versus when you're clear on what you do and what you eat and how you do this and whatnot, it gives you a lot of peace. And I felt like that for a while. I felt like, oh my God, there's so many different paths. There's so many different teachers. I need one that can bring me to God. Like I need to commit to one and go deep, right? And so I ended up reading this book called The Autobiography of a Yogi. And I had had a friend who was a follower of Yogananda, who is the author of that book. And I read that book and it was really dense. And for me, it was, it, I, I loved it and I resonated and that felt like this is something I want to explore, right? Like I want to explore this way to God, which is what Yogananda created, which is the self-realization self-realization fellowship, sorry, um, the self-realization fellowship. I was like, I want to explore that. And so I began to explore the Self-Realization Fellowship and I had explored like Buddhism. I had gone to some Buddhist temples and I think it's important to just kind of look at different ways of relating to God and just kind of test them out and see which one resonates with you. And I actually have a quote. I posted on my Instagram story the other day, but I'm going to read it. So this is a quote by Yogananda, Paramahansana Yogananda, and he says, in the beginning of one's spiritual search, it is wise to compare various spiritual paths and teachers. But when you find the real guru destined for you, the one whose teachings can lead you to the divine goal, then restless searching should cease. A spiritually thirsty person should not go on indefinitely seeking new wells. Rather, he should go to the best well and drink daily of its living waters. So that was exactly what happened for me. So I think that exactly what Yogananda is talking about there is when there's so many choices and you don't commit to one, you end up being aimless and you end up feeling unfulfilled and you can't actually go far because you're just touching the surface of all of these different practices. But when you find the one that you can commit to, when you find the one that resonates a little bit deeper than the others, commit. And allow yourself to surrender to that and go far with that practice and with that teacher, right? So for me, that was the Self-Realization Fellowship and that is the Self-Realization Fellowship. So I love the Self-Realization Fellowship because first of all, it's very non-denominational. So they have the the line of gurus. It's um, Jesus, Krishna, Babaji, Lahiri Mahasaya, Swami Sri Yukatswar, and then Paramahansana Yogananda. So it's this line where they include these Indian um, gurus and avatars, and they also include Jesus as an avatar. And so basically what Yogananda did was he was the 
individual in his guru line that was destined to bring their teachings to the West. So that is what you know, his guru told him was that you are the individual that you will leave India and you will come to the United States and you will bring the seekers in the United States. You will bring the people who are seeking God in the United States to God. Right. So that was kind of his role. And a lot of times people have a lot of discomfort. And I totally agree with it of going to other cultures or religions that they're not really familiar with or they might feel like it's cultural appropriation to let's say go to another religion in a different culture and just say like okay this is where I'm going but it does feel really good because Yogananda came to the United States to bring all of these teachings to the seekers in the west so his intent so you're not you know culturally appropriating because his intent was he moved he didn't even want to right it's like the will of God he moved from India to the United States and set up the self-realization ship in Los Angeles in LA and his purpose that God desired was for him to bring these teachings to the west and a lot of times through Yogananda's book or teaching there's a lot of understanding that the west is very spiritually poor and the east is very spiritually rich and so Yogananda sought and and successfully did bring that spiritual wealth to the west and so that is you know kind of a little overview but that is the the guru that I follow I follow Yogananda and I want to kind of talk about that a little bit so what you know that even kind of entails is I read the book, The Autobiography of Yogi. So that was like the first step for me. And then I started going to self-realization fellowship events, right? Because they're not just in LA. They have locations like little, you know, little groups that meet and meditate together. They have those little groups that kind of pop up in so many different cities and countries and whatever. So I was actually in Madrid in Spain when I read the autobiography of a yogi. And I thought, okay, let me go to a self-realization ship, self-realization ship, wait, self-realization fellowship, there we go, event here in Madrid. So I found one and I walked because I like didn't have enough money for an Uber. So I walked and I walked like 45 minutes to get to this event. And I was actually supposed to go a few days prior, but I ended up canceling on going that time and I ended up going the next time. So I went, you know, that day and it was so crazy because the day that I went, that I ended up going, I went to this event, to the Self-Realization Fellowship, just what I thought was for a meditation event. And, you know, they have services. So just like church has service, they have like service every Sunday where you go and you read teachings of Yogananda and then you meditate together and whatnot. And so I thought I was going to that. And when I went, there were monks from Los Angeles visiting Madrid. So some of the monks, they go around to different, you know, um, different little groups around the world and they come and they visit and they say hi and they talk and they teach. And it's a really nice practice that like these monks from the Mother Center, which is in LA, they come around the world into different groups and they engage and they talk and, you know, we all share and whatnot. And also everyone in the Self-Realization Fellowship, uh, all the monks and whatnot, they're all vegan. And I'm vegan. So that really felt good too. Like we would go after 
and go to a vegan restaurant. And, you know, that was something that was important to me because honestly, it was hard for me listening to these religions and hearing people say, you know, don't kill and don't do harm and then harming all of these innocent animals. So that felt really good for me, too, that Yogananda was vegetarian, I believe. And then the monks are vegan, all of them. So the first day that I went, I really did feel like it was a, you know, a divine incident, a divine happening where the day that I ended up going, all of the monks from LA were there. And the reason that that was so powerful was because I, first of all, everyone in Spain spoke Spanish and I do speak and understand Spanish, but it is a little bit, I'm not perfect in it. I would say I'm like a six out of 10 and I'm not a 10 out of 10. So it did feel really good to have people speaking in English and then having people at that group translating to Spanish. So I went to this event and they're all speaking in English and I'm hearing them speak and I'm really resonating. I'm crying. I'm taking notes, you know, and I'm just really feeling into how good this feels. And I had been to other events and other, you know, spiritual groups. I had been to this one Buddhist church or temple in New York and I, I didn't feel that whole body resonance. But I felt in that moment, I felt my full body resonance with these monks with these teachers with this community you know I just felt like wow this feels good this feels like a full body yes and I was crying and then I listened to this monk and I heard enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM sign up using code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba speak and after they invited me the, the entire group they were all so close and I was like the youngest person there by like 40 years everyone was like in their 50s and 60s and I was 20 at the time and or I was 21 maybe I was 20 or 21 and they invited me to go to vegan um, dinner after. They were all going to this vegan restaurant after. So I went with them. And because I was the only one who spoke English, uh, you know, in that group, I was the one who was speaking to this monk all, you know, the whole dinner. And we were engaging and we were talking and I was 
really resonating. And I felt this sense of home and this sense of connection that I had not ever previously felt with any spiritual group. And I felt that it was so divinely orchestrated in that moment that the, you know, the time that I went, I felt so welcomed, right? Like, you know, if I had gone and, you know, it was all these people that live in Spain and I'm trying to keep up with what everyone's saying and I mostly understand but I'm still struggling a little bit but instead the first time I go they're from United States and they're these people that I can engage with and talk to and we can just have these similar experiences and I felt so at home and I felt welcome and I felt wow this feels good I'm gonna follow this (laughs) um this feels really good And so I went to dinner with them and I ended up exchanging emails with this monk and we still keep in touch. Actually, I'm I'm waiting for a reply right now. We were just emailing last week and um, and I had just sent him an email back last week. So um, I'm waiting for his reply and we stayed friends. We've stayed in communication for years. And he he says he was like, you know, you're the girl who who showed me Happy Cow, which is this vegan app that um shows you all the vegan restaurants in the area. He's like, I'll never forget you because you're the girl who showed me Happy Cow. And I love that app. And I was like, oh my gosh. But I feel like I show everyone Happy Cow. But yeah, so in that moment, I felt welcomed and I felt at home. And that was really a big moment for me. And after that, I have not pursued any other spiritual teachings or group or guru. But it has taken a while for me to actually commit to Yogananda being my guru. And that was interesting for me. It was interesting allowing myself to really claim that this is my home and this is my path and this is my guru as well and it took me a while and what really really hit home when it really started to when I really started to feel a change was I started doing what's called the lessons so there are these things uh, through the self-realization fellowship called the lessons And you have to apply for them. You have to have read books by Yogananda first. I also have read or I've, you know, I'm like halfway through the books, like 800 pages, but um, it's called uh, The Second Coming of Christ. So it's it's written by Yogananda. But um, so I didn't do for about two years after that that incident happened. And I I continued to go to the Self-Realization Fellowship in Madrid and after I had that experience, I did not start doing the lessons. And so I still felt, okay, I'm, you know, committed to the self-realization fellowship kind of, and I'm not looking anywhere else, but I didn't feel very, I just didn't feel a hundred percent in. Right. And I was emailing, I think I was emailing my, my friend, the, my friend who's a monk at the self-realization fellowship And I'm just going to call it the SRF from now on so that I don't, um, you know, embarrass myself. I keep saying it wrong. But so I was emailing him and he was like, well, have you done the lessons yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, well, you should. I was like, all right, you know, okay. And there was this point where I became ready for them. And it was about two years. It was almost at the end, very end of my celibacy. And I felt I had hit this plateau. I was like, okay, I'm 
here and I feel I've taken myself as far as I can on my own and I need something else to bring me further, right? I need to go further now. And so I ordered the lessons and that became very transformational for me. So I'm not even finished with the lessons, but basically what they are, are they are teachings that you receive in the mail every two weeks that Yogananda created. Everyone gets the same ones. And there's, I think, 18 or 19 lessons. And you progress through these lessons and they are direct teachings and direct a direct teaching of how to get to God completely, how to be completely self-realized basically on your own, how to merge your consciousness with God on your own individually. So it's not teachings of, oh, this is what you should do in the world and blah, blah, blah. It's like, do this every day at this time and meditate in this exact way and do it exactly how I've said it and meditate and say these words and do this practice and say this prayer and do it in this way exactly like this. And if you do this every day for the rest of your life, you will succeed. Okay. So that was, that was the turning point for me because that made me feel really like I was being led to God, right? Versus a lot of other, it's like, there's so much information, you're reading books, but it's not, this is what you do. Like, do it like this, meditate in this exact position, say this exact thing in your mind, put your eyes exactly at this point, say this exact prayer, meditate this many breaths. Like, it's exactly, this is what you will do. If you are following me and I am your guru, then I will lead you to God and this is exactly how you should do it and you will find God on your own, right? Because a great teacher doesn't just teach you about themselves and whatever. A great teacher brings you to God and brings you home to yourself, right? So the lessons bring you to God individually, right? It's not about bringing you to the guru, although of course you get closer to the guru as well, but it's about you become closer to God. You will attain self-realization, self-realization, wait, self-realization, self-realization. Yes. You will attain self-realization in this lifetime if you do it like this. Right. And that became, that was, that was, you know, that was it for me. And so for every day, for almost two years now, I've done the meditations exactly as expressed in the lessons, exactly as taught by Yogananda. I do the same ones every single morning and night. And I actually have finally, you're supposed to do them every morning and night. And I was having some trouble doing them at night. I finally committed to doing them every night as well. I've been doing them every night. And yeah, it's it's amazing. And I love it. And so for me, I needed that structure. I needed a guru to tell me, this is how you get to God. And that's the purpose of a guru. That's the purpose of these, you know, these relationships is that you trust a person to lead you to God and they teach you how to go to God. And so for me, even with meditation, right? Meditation is really the only way to God, right? There's a quote by Yogananda that says, actually, I'm going to find it. I'm going to read it. Okay, I couldn't find the quote. I just looked. But basically what he says is that you cannot read or believe even or good deed your way into connection with God or into, you know, self-realization. The only way to 
unite fully with God is through meditation and through devoting yourself consistently to meditation. And, you know, I can do every good deed in the world and I can believe in God, but if I do not actually experience and connect and connect in that way with God, which is the only way to directly experience God truly and and consistently through meditation, it won't work fully. And I have this other quote by Yogananda that I really like that I'm going to read. And he said, the truths taught by Jesus went far beyond blind belief, which waxes and wanes under the influence of the paradoxical pronouncements of priest and cynic. Belief is an initial stage of spiritual progress necessary to receive the concept of God, but that concept has to be transposed into conviction and into experience. Belief is the precursor of conviction. One has to believe a thing in order to investigate equitably about it. But if one is satisfied only with belief, it becomes dogma, narrow-minded, a preclusion of truth and spiritual progress. What is necessary is to grow in the the soil of belief, the harvest of direct experience and contact with God. That indisputable realization, not mere belief, is what saves people. And so that is exactly kind of what I was talking about with, first of all, my initial stage with finding or having my spiritual awakening was for me that opened up my belief in God right like oh my god all of the sudden I'm surrounded in God's love and I believe in God and I know God and I'm connecting with God and I feel God right and so then when that kind of waxed and waned and a new phase of my life started I it was not enough for me to just believe in God I had to allow my yearning and my belief to put me into a position where I was committing myself to actually connecting with God. And people have different stages of this. So I have gone through like every stage of this within the last 10 years of my life through not believing, through being lost, through whatever. So whatever stage you're at is totally valid and totally wonderful and totally divine and totally perfect for you like my stages even when I was in them they felt they didn't feel great when I was like lost and I was like what do I do and where do I turn and how do I connect with God and I feel the one thing that has made me in my adult life feel unfulfilled is when I was not satiated in my desire and my yearning for God that is the one thing that has made me feel throughout my adult life right that I don't feel good, right? Like everything else, I was doing the work. I was, you know, connecting with therapists and I was setting boundaries and I was doing this trauma-informed work. But when I didn't feel fulfilled in my connection with God, when I didn't feel I was taking the necessary steps, when I felt aimless, that is the thing that has led me to feel unhappy. And even, even now, I... When I was not meditating at night, which was recent, up until two weeks ago, I wasn't meditating at night. I was doing, I was meditating at night on and off, but I wasn't really committing to it. And that I was feeling that same feeling, like I don't feel fully satiated for months, right? Like I'm not feeling like I'm fully reaching my potential with God and with my connection with God and I'm not showing up and that makes me feel unfulfilled, right? And so, you know, those processes that I've been through I've been through so many different stages in my journey with God and I'm still in the very beginning stages like I'm nowhere near the end or or you know nowhere near 
where I would like to go, I'm still in the very beginning stages. So I'm not talking to you as if I'm some freaking guru because I'm absolutely not. Um, But I'm just telling you about my own journey and trying to be relatable in a way because sometimes these things can feel really unrelatable. And I've felt that in my life. I felt like God at, at times, the way that it was practiced, that connection with God was practiced in our world just felt really, I don't know, it felt foreign. It felt like I don't, this doesn't feel relatable. And my intuition was right. My, my discernment was right. It wasn't relatable. It wasn't for me. And so for me, connecting with God and continually showing up for that process, even when I faltered or even when I took steps that, that weren't, you know, that didn't really lead me where I wanted to go, all of it was, in its divine workings and it all was part of my journey and I'm not mad at any of it and all I want is to express my journey to you and maybe that can I don't know give you some sort of insight because for me in my adult life when I was so unhappy was when I felt aimless in my connection with God I felt where do I go what do I do how do I you know connect and what's the next step and what do I do here like even when I meditated because I wasn't having a consistent I wasn't having a guru teaching me how to connect in my own individual journey to God it was just more of these like do this light meditation or do this meditation it still felt aimless and so I hope that you know this is helpful and even you know the quote I just read by Yogananda Another aspect of it is it is the way that I view religions in our world today is that they have capped themselves at just believing in God. And exactly like Yogananda said, when you cap yourself at only believing in God, if you are satisfied, as he says, in only with belief, it becomes dogma, narrow-minded, a preclusion of truth and spiritual progress. So that's exactly what I feel and what I believe about religion nowadays is that it actually is a preclusion from God. It takes you farther away from Jesus. It takes you farther away from God a lot of times um, in these religions because they're so focused on believing in God and in dogma and in rules and in all these things instead of actually directly experiencing God and committing to God and knowing yourself and knowing God and connecting in meditation because they're so focused on these very surface level things like believing and they cap themselves there it becomes the cesspool of 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 just dogma and of um discrimination as well and of hatred honestly and that's happened with a lot of religions and again not all religious people I know actually quite a few people who are Christians who are um, Muslim who are Jewish who are actually really deeply embodied but I'm saying that the religion as a whole that's what happens and that's why we've seen the history of these religions become so entrenched in hatred in murder in killing in dogma right because these rules that they're trying to follow have taken them away from God and the religions as a, as a whole have worked as an institution actually that has taken people away from God and I believe actually that was intentional, (laughs) but we'll get into that uh, a different day. I believe that was 
intentional. Jesus was, especially with Christianity, Jesus was a revolutionary figure that was murdered. People did not like him. And he was anti-misogynistic and for the poor and, you know, all of these things that the people did not like. And so when they died, my opinion is that they contorted what he said so that they can control it they couldn't control what he actually said if they left it at that but they took what he said and they contorted it and they distorted it and from that they could control everyone's perception of what he actually said and then everyone can you know his truth is gone right so actually part of Yogananda's work is reviving the original teachings of Jesus and actually restoring them to their glory and what he was actually trying to say. And that has been really healing for me because part of my journey was reconnecting with Jesus and really reconnecting with Mary Magdalene and Jesus outside of the confines of Christianity and again I don't believe that Christianity really has much to do with Jesus or Mary Magdalene of course they were very threatened by Mary Magdalene because she was an embodied woman Jesus's wife and they didn't like that so again they contorted her you know they distorted her they called her a prostitute they said all these things about her and they took her kind of out of the picture they said they weren't married they weren't a couple you know all these things so that they can control people and so, um, and take people further away from God. So connecting back with Jesus and really connecting with the original teachings of Jesus has actually been really healing because I used to be in such opposition to Christianity and I almost, as a result, even though I knew Christianity and Jesus weren't the same, I would kind of turn my back on Jesus as well. But really healing my relationship with Jesus has been, yeah, really, really wonderful and reading books and learning more and praying to Jesus. And yeah, that's been really, really beautiful and wonderful. So I've loved that journey as well. So yeah, so this has been kind of my journey coming to God. And currently, especially after meditating at night as well, I'm feeling very fulfilled and that is really a, a really good feeling when it comes to my connection with God because I have felt that my cup has been so big and these these you know books or these certain meditations have just not filled my cup and so following a guru and having their teachings being able to actually fill my cup and something I can commit to and something that feels really like truth that has felt really 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 good so that has been my journey and I hope that you know this was helpful and a lot of people ask me they'll say oh my god I thought you were Christian or I thought that you know why, why are you talking about God like I thought you weren't Christian I'm like you know God exists outside of Christianity even if you just think of other religions right like Jewish people have God too <laughs> And, you know, it's all the same. We're all, they're all just different pathways to God. Um, but yeah, so this has kind of been, this is my journey with God. And it's been at times really challenging. At times, like I said, it's been, it felt really, I just felt lost and I felt unsatisfied and unhappy and like I wasn't doing enough. And that even wasn't, you know, that was just me being judgmental and that was even 
Maya, as as they say in the Self Realization Fellowship, which is just illusion. And um and so yeah, so at times I felt really low about my relationship with God, even after having my spiritual awakening around six or seven years ago. And it's been a journey, and it really started to even out and level out once I found the Self-Realization Fellowship and once again, even after that, once I committed to the lessons. So that was kind of like the turning point where ever since then, everything feels really good. (laughs) And it's only when I stray from those teachings, when I don't meditate at night, for example, or when I don't do it in the way that Yogananda teaches that I don't feel good or I don't feel fulfilled because I'm kind of not filling my cup all the way and so that is when I kind of don't feel good so that it it feels good to know that I feel so fulfilled in my journey and in my connection with the self-realization fellowship like really finding a home there feels really good and yeah so so yeah so I hope you guys enjoy if you want to learn anything about this you can read the book the autobiography of a yogi and I actually believe that Steve Jobs said it was like the one book that he would give everyone in the world or something and I think it was the last book that that Steve Jobs gave or something like that so apparently Steve Jobs was obsessed with the autobiography of a yogi as well and followed Yogananda as well so maybe that gives it a little validity for you (laughs) I don't know but but yeah so it's also one of I think the top 100 spiritual books of the last century or something like that so it's a really wonderful book and but at times it can feel even even the you know this path and even Yogananda's teachings can feel really dense at times and especially being a woman you do have to balance it with your own discernment and intuition and feminine guidance as well so I find myself the teachings are Obviously, when you are seeking God and you are meditating and you are penetrating towards God, that is very masculine, right? And we are all masculine and feminine, so we want to have that balance. But especially as a woman, especially as a feminine dominant woman, I like to really bring in my feminine practices, which Yogananda just didn't teach, right? Because Yogananda wasn't a woman. And so, you know, womb practices and yoni practices and using discernment sometimes with some things that Yogananda has written in his books, like the second coming of Christ. Sometimes it's um, a little bit too masculine for me. And so I have to just use my discernment and say, okay, I see that and I understand that, but that isn't the approach in that exact way that I'm going to go about it. I'm still going to follow what he says with the lessons and do all these things. But this exact one thing about, let's say, you know, um, I don't know, like marriage or children or sexuality or something is, you know, you just use your discernment, right? And so for me, I've really made a real conscious effort to bring my feminine practice into my life because the spiritual path, a lot of times the meditation and the seeking God is is very masculine dominant. So you just want to have that balance. So I do feminine practices every day. I do womb meditations. I do yoni egg um, practices. I even make my intimacy and sex a sexual or a, um, a you know feminine practice, self-pleasure a feminine practice. So those kind of things bring that that balance for me. And I do think that's really important as a woman. So so yeah, so I hope this was helpful and I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.